From tales of unlikely heroes to world-changing tragedies, American Shadows is a new podcast that tours the dark history of America's past. Listen to American Shadows on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building resilience, talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard. Good evening, America, and good morning, Australia. You're back listening to Radio Tony Live, Authors in the Spotlight. And we have an amazing guest today called Maria Lacey. But before I introduce you to Maria, just a quick reminder. Radio Tony has its own Facebook page and its own website. And if you'd like to subscribe to this show or its podcast, you can do it there. I also have an email list, and if you'd like to get regular updates about what's coming up on any of my shows, just subscribe and you will get that newsletter in your inbox. I'm also excited to be telling you about a couple of new courses that I'm launching in September, and in my excitement in launching those courses, I've got a couple of free gifts for listeners today. So one of those, and you can choose from either one. I'm going to put both of them up in the chat box for you, chat box for you to see. One is about recording great sounding audio, and the other is about the benefits of meditation or successful people. So those are my two little gifts for my awesome Radio Tony listeners. I hope you're doing out okay out there. I know talking to Rebel before the show that uh, she was telling me about the fallout from Hurricane Laura and I know from reading some of the news articles from across the world that you guys will be out of power for a number of weeks. Many of you are without water and many homes have been shredded. And I just wanted to tell you today that we are all thinking of you and wishing you all the best for a speedy recovery. I really sincerely hope that you have government and state assistance that is helping you get back on your feet. Um, I know having been devastated from a flood that wiped out our entire property, I know just exactly the pain of what that process is like, how long it takes, how uncomfortable life is and just how devastating that is. So my heart is with you uh, in the fallout of this hurricane and just know that I'm thinking of you as you go through this process. So the other thing I wanted to remind you all today, um, and mainly because this morning, early in the early hours of the morning, I interviewed an amazing 14-year-old from the UK called Vanessa Sam, and I was floored to talk to her about her what she's doing. So she has her own TV show, she has her own uh, blog, her own website, and she does lots of public speaking 
about motivation and one of her other passions is around Black Lives Matter because as a 14-year-old biracial girl, she understands what that means to have a dark-coloured skin. And so I just wanted to let you know that there is an amazing generation of young people that are coming up in our world and I'm really excited to see how our world changes and how our world grows with amazing young people out there. So our amazing guest today is many things, including an author. Maria Lacey took a leap of faith and commenced her healing business in 1999. She left a lucrative corporate career in the IT industry and followed her heart into the health and wellness industry. Maria's early childhood was filled with trauma which filtered into her adult life and was the very key to her success as an empathic, compassionate and intuitive therapist and healer. She's inspiring for thousands of people over the world with her articles and books based on human and spiritual paths. She's been published by McGill Media, Sybil Magazine and several professional journals and has two published books. Maria is a registered counsellor, author, speaker, spiritual mentor, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, meditation teacher and intuitive guide. And today we are going to try and talk about as many of those wonderful modalities as we can and also about Maria's beautiful work. I know she too has a special offer and we'll leave that until the end of the show. So our interview title today is called We All Have the Power to Heal. So good morning, Maria. Good morning, Tony. So delighted to be here. I'm really happy to have you here. Now, listeners, Maria's been a little bit nervous. Uh, (laughs) When people come on live radio, that is absolutely most always the case even if they've done it heaps of times before but Maria is no different different so we're going to treat this interview today like a coffee chat between friends so Maria I'd like to start right at the beginning and I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners about your childhood trauma where you've come from since then and how you healed so just let's talk about your journey yeah, thanks, Tony. Um, I think for there's many of us that have experienced childhood trauma. Um, mine was uh, abuse, uh, both physical, mentally, um, physically and mentally. Started from mm. a very, very young age. Uh, I remember as young as um, well, I could barely walk. Uh, I remember. Running, uh, I was at my grandmother's place and my father had um, come home. We used to meet there being a, a Dutch family and um, my, my father had come home and uh, I was so excited to see him and I remember running yeah. and nearly falling over and, as I was excited to go and see him and him picking me up by one arm and then kicking me across the room like a football and uh, I I still still remember that child I'll still remember as I I, I got winded because I landed on a step um, which was um, just leading outside of the door and uh, and I remember just looking and I still remember the thoughts in this little 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 child's head wondering what I'd done wrong and uh, and then wailing and then having my grandmother come running and scooping me up and taking me into a another room and shushing me uh, because she obviously mm. knew that it would actually upset my father further. So, you know, there's many of us that, that have actually dealt with that. That, that. that trauma went through right up until 
the age of 15, uh, I was forced out of school by my parents. I was told that I was uh, never going to be anybody or anything. And uh, and <laughs> I was actually quite a good student. I skipped grade one here in Australia, went yeah. from prep to grade two. I was very proactive in school. I was highly intelligent. But that wasn't the case as far as my parents were concerned. And my parents actually were um, good income level families. So they, um, you know, sort of weren't lower demographic. They were actually good income family. And so I was forced out of school at the age of, um, actually, as soon as I um, turned 15. Um, But what happened was that I actually got a job in a community health centre And that was the beginning of a lot of things. The community health centre had doctors and nurses and a psychologist that visited. And the psychologist must have seen the trauma in me. I never talked much about it. I'm quite an introvert. So um, he obviously saw the signs and talked to me. And one one evening he turned up with an aunt and uncle and uh, um, pulled me out of my home which was very unusual in those days. Now, so I went to live with wow. an aunt. Wow. Yes. A, yeah, it was a different, it was an amazing thing. Oh, look, yeah. and his name actually was Michael. I'm a very spiritual um, woman and I, I call him my yeah. Archangel Michael. And I believe oh, that we all have, yeah, yeah. I believe that we all have earth angels around that actually support us at different times and, uh and I remember, um, you know, I, I lived with an aunt and uncle for a period of six months, but then had to move on. But I sustained myself. Did you feel safe for the first time, Maria, when you went to stay with the aunt and uncle? Did you actually uh, yeah. feel safe yet? I No, not quite. My aunt and uncle were yeah. brilliant and I did feel safe with them. But the... Yeah. the the, the trauma on them in reference to the rest yeah. of the family was horrendous. Um, yeah. And yeah. everything was behind closed doors. So um, people yeah. weren't prepared to talk about what was going on. Um, and it was a just, it was a very, very unusual, well, not an unusual state. It was actually a very normal state. You know, I, I, yeah. I remember I remember pulling up my skirt actually at show and tell at primary school and showing the bruises on my legs and being punished for it and actually strapped for it. Um, you know, in those days, yeah. you didn't talk against your parents. Um, you know, parents were protected and children it's still hard for many people to mm. talk against their parents, particularly if they have some sort of standing within the community. Yeah. Um, if they have a good name, it's incredibly difficult to talk, isn't it? It is. And, and yes, my parents did. They were well connected yeah. within within the society. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, that... Look, that led on to, I was very much an advocate um, for the underdog. Uh, I, yeah. I, I've, I've always been an incredibly compassionate person. And, you know, from the age of 15, I worked with um, or volunteered with intellectually disabled um, people, yeah. mainly because I actually felt safer that with them on my weekends volunteering yeah. than I actually felt with the rest of the world. Because um, yeah. they, they were just black and white. They were yeah. amazing, amazing people. Um, people with disabilities are just, um, they have a yeah. an openness and uh, yeah. a, 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 an innocence that sometimes we don't see with the, us as normal human beings coloured by our conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And I got married at 20. Um, yeah. And Unfortunately, my relationships ended up being uh, similar and uh, not uncommon, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just going to remind listeners that once trauma enters your life, it plays out in other ways that you are not aware of until usually later in life. Um, And you look unless unless you're lucky enough to receive a substantial counseling therapy and help 
before you enter into adult relationships, the trauma plays out in your life again and again, doesn't it, Maria? Certainly does. And uh, and there's a lot of denial. You know, there's... Yeah. Um, I think that if I'm really honest as a as a human being um, and as a, you know, being authentic here today is that I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe yes. that I was a victim of abuse. Because uh, there's a stigma, isn't there? A shame. Oh, huge. Um, and, and I think that we're conditioned to hide secrets at that stage yeah. and um, and so you sort of tend to find that the secret you create an illusion around you that is you know I mean a lot of people used to say to me oh Maria you are so positive you're amazing you have <laughs> and then I was accused many times of having rose-colored glasses and yeah I did because the yeah. imagination of the child within me that I wanted to imagine around me was far stronger than the reality that was actually happening within my life. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> no, no, I think it's fine. And I think that, you know, what I want to, want to sort of share with, with you, Tony, in the audience, and that is that there is hope. This little girl in yes. there always had hope I have known that from a very very young child I always I had hope and I had faith one of the things yeah. that to share with you is when I was only around I'd say around seven or eight years of age um, I would walk to my local church on a Sunday I was brought up as a Catholic my grandparents were amazing um, although I wasn't yeah. able to see them very often but I have to mm -hmm. honestly say the love and care that when I actually did see my grandparents was uh, you know I can't tell you the um, the feelings of safety that I would feel in my grandmother's yeah. arms smelling her lavender yeah. powder <laughs> that yeah. she used to, yeah. used to wear. But I used to walk on my own and I, I checked it out a number of years ago, three kilometres I used to walk on my own oh. at the age of seven to my local church. Oh. And mm -hmm. I remember the priest, um, I used to walk in with other families and I'd have my little white fluffy hat and uh, – and the priest actually for quite a long time thought that I actually belonged to other families. But I was there oh. on my own. <laughs> I know, it was so funny. But I sat in that church and what I felt was safe. What I actually felt yeah. when people were singing um, was I didn't quite understand completely what was being said, but when they sang, oh, it just lifted my spirit. Yeah. It was quite yeah. amazing. So I say that, you know, to a lot of people that, you know, if we have faith in something, and for me, you know, at that time was God and uh, I still yeah. believe in God. Um, and uh, But I am very spiritual, so um, yeah. I yeah. sort of open to many things and uh, the broadness of spirituality and nature and um, the universe and, and all of those things. Um, it's quite powerful. Yeah. So you managed to get that job in the community centre where you were given help for the first time. Yeah. Um, how long did you stay in that role? And is that the role that then led to corporate roles? Uh, it did lead to corporate roles, but um, I stayed in that role from the age of 15 until I was 19, so four years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I moved from the country. Um, I I think I would most probably say that I um, that one of the things about um, – <laughs> Being in an, an sort of a an abusive situation is a fight and flight. So yes. I would 
be in flight. So when anything yeah. ever really bad happened, I would take off. So I yeah. literally moved at the age of 19 to the city and got a role in uh, corporate which was very young mm-hmm. at that age to actually um, have a yeah. role. Yeah. Uh, but I was quite I was quite surprisingly an introvert, but I was still quite um, proactive. So yeah, yeah. that's – and that role was amazing. I remember my first job – and this, again, is how people help you when you're – when you least expect it. It's just the most beautiful thing. I remember working yeah. as a, a corporate secretary for the um, general manager of Maya Emporium in uh, the city in Melbourne, and I was a country girl, never wore makeup. Um, didn't have a lot of money to spend on my clothes because I was supporting myself. I never went on benefits. Yeah. I actually worked. And I remember the first week of working, um, <laughs> Ken came to me one day and said, okay, we need to go into the store. So he took took me down the elevator and into the Maya store and uh, uh, he took me to a, a makeup counter and yeah. said to the girl, I want you to show her how to wear makeup. Aww. And yes, he was amazing. And he bought my first lot of makeup and said to me, This Aww. is how I want you to this is how I'd like you to look when you come in every day. Yeah. Yeah. He then took me to the suit department and bought me my first ever business suit. Oh wow. And, and said to me every week. I'd like you to buy something that's going to match this so that you can look this way because this is the way you need to look. Yeah. yeah. And it was not a controlling thing. It was a helpful thing. It was a very encouraging, very uh, supportive, um, and I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah. Quite interesting, isn't it? It is. And so you had this, so um, let me get this timeline right. So you left the country, went into the city, um, got that job. Were you married at this time, Maria? No, no. I was, uh, um, I had been engaged to be married and and broken that off. Uh, But then within three to four months of me moving to the city, I reconnected um, with um, that person and married him at the age of 20 and and then had two amazingly beautiful children at the age of 24 and 28. My marriage was, again, um, not an easy marriage and in the... And my marriage ended at the age of um, 33. I separated mm. at the age of 33. And, yeah, so it was – and I think that was actually huge for me. Um, I think, yeah. you know, you were talking about once you get a bit older. That was yeah. unbelievably huge for me because it was, that, it was in that moment when I had to face the reality of the trauma in my life. Yeah. And my illusion shattered. Yeah. And it needed to shatter. I needed to be able to see the reality of where my life was and what was happening. And, you know, I've always said that through adversity, something incredibly special comes into play. Because for many years, I. Yeah, for many years, I'd worn so many um, masks and um, to be able to to present to the world what I, yeah, yeah, what I felt that would make, help me to survive. Um, So that was an incredible time, a difficult time. Can't tell you how difficult it was, but it was also, it was where my, where my spirituality really sort of um, came into play. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting journey because I had a very controlling husband, and yeah. in that time, I was not allowed to be who I wanted to be or who I was. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So it was just one of those things. And so now you're divorced with two young children. Yes. What happens next? Well, 
Um, what happens next is that I was working part-time at that time. Uh, yeah. I went into full-time work to be able to support my children. I don't have family around me so um, yeah. because my family have chosen not to have anything to do with me. So yeah. I, I, I literally was on my own. And uh, But I will tell you that I've always along the way had incredibly wonderful friends um, and, yeah. and times were difficult. Financially, they were very difficult. Um, I remember yeah. there were several weeks where I couldn't afford um, much food and our, and myself and the children ate Vegemite on toast um, for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And yeah. uh, I remember one day um, going to pick up my children from, uh, from school after school care mm -hmm. and crying um, because I felt such a bad mother because I wasn't able to give them yeah. vegetables yeah. or meat and um, yeah. and sitting in the car park and trying to get myself together so I didn't upset my children and just yeah. sort of praying, you know, just, you know, please sort of help me out and looking in my wallet and, you know, I need sort of coins in there and uh, picking yeah. up the children. And when I arrived home after picking up the children, on my doorstep was a box <laughs> and the kids ran mm -hmm. out of the car and were so excited and and then they sort of looked and went oh and so I went and had a look and in there, <laughs> they weren't too impressed in that box was a box of vegetables unbelievable Aww. I was just like oh my god because I didn't tell anybody I didn't tell anybody I was financially suffering and um yeah. I was too proud and my next door neighbour popped her head around the corner, uh, their Cypriots, and um, said, look, our vegetable garden's full, thought you might like these. <laughs> well, I ran over to her and gave her the biggest hug and sobbed. And I remember Tina looking at me, so to say, what is wrong with you, Maria? That's, they're only just vegetables. Oh. But to me, they were an answer to a prayer. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. I cooked up those vegetables that night for dinner and I felt so much better as a mother and uh, yeah. supporting my children. Wow, what a lovely story. And so <laughs> at this stage you were still in the corporate job. Then what changed? I what changed that direction? Okay, so... What happened was that I suppose the easiest thing is to say is that as a, as a, as a sole parent, um, and many sole parents will understand this, that it is a lot of stress and strain. And when our children, yeah, when our children are suffering uh, at school, we don't have the time and sometimes not even the patience yep. to be able to. Because you've just got to keep working to keep them fed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's exhausting, absolutely exhausting. Um, yeah. And so what was happening was that my daughter was suffering at school. She was not coping with the fact of the, of yeah. the separation, divorce and, and all those sorts of things, my youngest daughter. And that was breaking my heart. And I yeah. and then she was getting sick all the time. And unfortunately, because I didn't have anybody to look after her, I would have to take time off work and my my oh. boss was not happy about that at all. Um, yeah. So I just happened to, you know, I know you've sort of talked about meditation. I happened to have met yeah. someone who invited me along to join their meditation group and I started yeah. to see the benefits of meditation and through that yeah. um, I was asked to also learn Reiki and so oh. I, yeah, I know it was just, these just events just unfolded. And so I went and went, okay, I'll give that a go. And so I did. And I really loved it. And the reason why I chose to do Reiki was that it was about mm -hmm. self-healing. And yeah. they also said that I could support my children, my family. And oh. I thought, how wonderful if I can actually do healing on my own children Maybe yeah. I can help the suffering that they're going through yeah. at the same time and it also will actually protect me with my work as well, you know, where I wouldn't have to yeah. take much time yeah. off. 
So, you know, through that, through the meditation that I did for myself, that calmed me incredibly and helped ground me and Very helped calm. me. Oh, look, it's it's a great thing, you know, especially when you're suffering um, stress. Yeah. You know, my, my yeah. stress was so strong in those days that my jaw used to go out. I used to get a very locked yeah. jaw. So yeah. if anybody's out there that understands that, because I was clenching. Oh, uh, same. My yes. neck would, um, I would grind my teeth and I would ne- wake up with a stiff neck because I'd held myself so I was so stressed that I would that's the way I went to sleep with my teeth grinding and my my neck rigid and it wouldn't move and I'd wake up with the sorest neck in the morning. So yeah, I single motherhood is one of the toughest journeys for women to walk. I don't know anyone who uh, has it easy as a single mother. Uh, I know that there's often very valid reasons to be a a single mother and and many, many, many women find themselves in that position, but it is one of the toughest roles that there is. Wouldn't you agree, Maria? Absolutely, and uh, very much so. And and the 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 shame and the guilt um, that we put yes. ourselves through is yes. quite it's it's quite um, destroying in a lot of ways, destroying yep. of our self worth yep. and our sensibility um in a lot of ways um and you know it is it's a tough gig it's a really really tough gig so you know meditation for me was my savior in those days it was very very much my savior as far as helping me to be a little bit more calm and so that I wasn't suffering my body wasn't suffering let alone mentally I was suffering um and emotionally and so, you it know, it's really t- does something. Sorry, Maria. No, 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 no. I was please. just going to add That's that it, it really does something to um, your anxiety. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it, if you meditate regularly, and I mean like regularly, yeah. it, um, I'm talking every day. It does something to your brain that causes you to feel so much calmer. And no matter what's happening, you still feel that calmness is is the thing that I discovered. Yeah, look, I I have to agree with you in a big way because I've suffered anxiety all of my life Um, and I most probably didn't admit it. It, admit to it until I was in my 30s I would say no no I'm fine I'm perfectly fine but yeah. no I've I've suffered yeah. anxiety all my life and and I've learned to manage it I've learned to live with it um yeah. and and meditation has been my greatest gift um mindfulness yeah. meditation yeah. it's why i also it also led me into becoming a, a meditation teacher uh yeah. and working very strongly with personal well-being and stress management i sort of uh, specialized in that for many years because um you know we teach what we're learning and yeah. um and i wanted to be able to share the benefits that actually supported me when we're going through our life and trauma and it is actually a lifestyle like you said every day fantastic it becomes a habit yeah and you don't feel quite quite with it or quite prepared um and i'm saying that today because i i woke up so early and normally I would have done my meditation but um I've got it scheduled now for (laughs) um, not after this show not after the next show but in between that show and the 12 o'clock show yes (laughs) I'm going to meditate (laughs) oh gosh no but that's don't do it that way get up and do it first thing in the morning don't do what I do (laughs) what I've done today and and I think that's a, that's the beauty of it. I think the other thing that I love about meditation, you know, now that we're just sort of just talking about this theme, is that yeah. you do not have to sit in lotus position for an hour no. and meditate. You know, we can actually sit for five Audible. minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Yes. And yeah. that will actually bring us into our body and our breath Absolutely. and and 
help us to become present again. Um, you know, I, I can honestly tell you, I'm, I do the five minute breath work and um, focus in, as far as mindfulness, yeah. sometimes several yeah. times a day. <laughs> yep. Depending on how the day's going. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just love it. It just is supportive of me. And, you know, when we're supporting ourselves, um, then we're also supporting, we're able then to support others. But without, you know, without the support of our own selves and our own self-care and self-love, it's very, very, you know, hard to continue to um, empty that vase um, by outpouring it all the time with others if we don't feel it. Yeah. And the thing is, Maria, that there you if you Google uh, meditation, you can find a med a guided meditation or meditative music anywhere. There are yes. so many powerfully beautiful um, meditations out there that are free. You can get paid ones. You can get them on an app on your phone where they'll send you a new one every day. I've got some really beautiful friends from across the world. I'm actually like collecting their meditations because (laughs) the ones that people send me are so beautiful. I've got a beautiful friend in Denver who sent me a a five-minute morning meditation and I just have to hiss hear the first few first sentence of her meditation and I am just immediately relaxed another friend of mine uh, channeled a beautiful meditation called heavenly renaissance and that one just is gorgeous so I I feel really blessed to know so many people that do the um, meditations and uh, like I said I've got a lovely collection that I can tap into you can have meditation for wealth abundance anxiety depression illness any sort of meditation you want you can find something for and you don't have to start on the big long 30 minutes 60 minutes you can do two minutes that's how I started just doing two minutes it took me a while to develop the discipline around quieting your mind for longer than two minutes to start with that's how anxious I used to be but as you do it more often your brain starts to recognize oh my god here's that wonderful thing she's playing in my ears I can relax and as you do that you can sit for longer and the more that you are able to do that, the more calmer you are, the more ability you have to face life and the more uh, at peace you will be with whatever's happening in your world. And if ever there was a time to commence a meditative practice, it's got to be now. Hey, Maria. Oh, look, 100% agree, 100% agree. And the other thing that I think is really, really fantastic, um, it's something that I've also learnt over the years, is humming and chanting. You know, yes. it, it's, you know, some of the some of the things, sometimes we need to utilise our voice as well. And what I've learnt for myself, especially, um, I had an illness back in 2016, which lasted two years. And what actually yeah. helped me break through that illness was the fact that uh, I literally used my voice because our voice is like a tuning fork for our actual physical cells within our body and honestly just that humming or chanting um, is so beautiful um, just to bring us into uh, into alignment with ourselves as well so there's so much and singing you know I say to people all the time and I do a lot of it too is Sing, you know, it helps move the energy. Sing. It helps. Yeah. Yes. It's it's all those things. And, you know, if I can give anybody hope today as well in reference to, you know, what we've been talking about, you know, my childhood and, and adult life sounds a little bit sad maybe for some people, but I want to sort of really sort of share with everybody and say that, you know, we can get through this. Um, you know, Absolutely. I've got 
you know, I've got through this. The healing process is literally like an onion unfolding, as we know. And um, I know that many um, through this time in history that we are in at this process at the moment, there's a lot of time for people that are sort of spending time, you know, sort of in reflection. And, um, you know, it's the past is, yeah, it's there, but we don't any longer have to be a victim of the past. And I certainly am not a victim. Um, I'm most definitely a survivor. And I want people to also understand that even though my childhood trauma was difficult, there were so many beautiful things that the character that it built within me, my compassion is is one of my greatest um, allies. It's what it's who I am. I'm very yeah. compassionate. And I have to yeah. thank, you know, that through that um, difficult time and even the, the even the, um, you know, going into relationships in my adult life that were not supportive and were similar or same. Mm-hmm that they actually, you know, literally helped me to be who I am today. And yes. honestly, yes. that's, 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 that's I'm t- I've taken my power back and yes. our audience, people, you, I mean, you've taken your power back, Tony, you know, through your yeah. life as well. We, we come to a yeah. stage in our life where we say, right, enough's enough. Enough. And yeah. I'm over this. I'm over this and I'm going to own I'm out. Yeah, I am. I want something better. And I'm going to own. I want out of this pain. Yeah, most definitely. I'm going to own my pain. I'm going to take responsibility for what I I have. I'm going to heal it. Yeah. I'm going to walk through it. it And show other people that there is hope and happiness even after dark trauma. Absolutely, because trauma comes in many different packages. Sure um, does. And, uh, and that's, you know, there's a lot of that around at the, at today. And, I you know, my heart goes there out is. to everybody. But I want to just reassure people that, you know, you're not alone. And um, all of humanity at this moment is with everybody, you know, with us all. And, um, you know, we can... We can walk this path, and but it's just one step at a time, one breath at a time. Yeah. I wanted to just touch back on in um, 2016. You nearly died in Bali, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. I, I actually um, decided to go to Bali for a sabbatical for three months to yeah. um, write my second yeah. book. And, uh, yeah. Two weeks into it, I um, I happened to be on the phone during the day and I happened to get a mosquito bite on my arm. Oh. Now, uh, only one mosquito bite, would you believe? And I remember it because it hurt, hurt like anything. And um, four days later, I was with someone that I'd met um, having a facial and I passed out yeah. and uh, oh. they took me they got me back to my cottage and um, she checked on me later that afternoon and I was I had I felt like shards of glass were going through my joints in my legs and throughout body Mm. I was in so much pain my body was shivering I was in I had high fevers and they got a doctor to me and took blood so the next day I was diagnosed with dengue um, dengue fever oh no and what the challenge was was that um, I was in a compound near Ubud, and um, what happened was that um, four days later I was checked on again, and I was found yeah. barely conscious. Um, and they took me to uh, a local doctor, who um, they ended up rushing me to hospital in Denpasar. Now, through that time, over that four days, um, it was, um, I don't remember a lot at all. Um, Obviously, the staff had come, but apparently my doors to my cottage were open and I was just laying in bed. But uh, when they got me to hospital, I was diagnosed 
obviously I had the dengue, but severely dehydrated. Um, My organs had started to shut down and uh, I had pneumonia. And then I started to bleed through uh, my nose and things like that, um, which is um, often hemorrhagic dengue, which not a lot of people come back from. So it was a pretty touch-and-go situation in hospital in Dampasar. And I have to say my insurance was amazing and uh, they eventually got me, I was able to fly home. And um, But what it caused was a um, huge um, problem for me. I had like chronic fatigue afterwards. Yeah. And um, I remember uh, that, you know, literally I couldn't stand the sound of noise. So I couldn't mm-hmm. even, if someone was talking to me, it hurt my brain. It was just mm-hmm. painful. So I couldn't watch videos. I I slept a lot. Um, it was uh, it was something totally unexpected. And someone yeah. for myself who works for myself, um, yeah. you know, it was uh, devastating not, not being able to work for several years. Um, so for two years, actually, just a bit over two years, uh, I tried coming back into yeah. into working, but I, I just the fatigue was just too long. And then, of course, it affected my immune system, so autoimmune condition and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was a it was a tough gig, um, but I'm through it now, which is wonderful. Um, I have an incredible. Um, I used to work with um, council people with chronic fatigue and um, yeah. chronic diseases and uh, yeah. I had incredible empathy and compassion for them but I really yeah. completely understand that until you go through yeah. it, <laughs> you, you don't really understand yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> what it's really yeah. like. Yeah. Oh, Maria, what a powerful story. Um, just so that the listeners know, I've put the connection details for Maria in the chat box. I've also put the links where you can buy her two books. The first one is called uh, Travel the Frequency with Us and the next one is called um, a one woman's personal journey both of those are up in the chat box and then Maria before we run out of time I want you to tell the listeners about the special gift that you have for them and I'll pop it up in the chat box okay well as I've said to everybody I work in the health and wellness industry I'm also a very spiritual person and I have a free ebook called eight rituals for health and well-being and they cover everything from um, meditation through to crystals through to um, you know full moon, new moon manifestation, releasing and letting go, emotional All the health, good stuff. <laughs> yes, and um, yes, I'm happy to offer that um, to our listeners and. Um, yeah, and feel very grateful for the opportunity and, and trust and, and hope that, um, you know, people can gain something from this today. Well, the other thing is too, listeners, that um, Maria can virtually treat slash talk to anyone from anywhere over the world. So as I said, her chat, her website link is also in the chat box and it's just um, Maria Lacey, M-A-R-I-A. L-A-C-E-Y.com.au and you can jump onto her website. It's a very beautiful website, I have to say. It it makes you feel so lovely and so nice. So it's, it's a beautiful website. Jump on the website. That's how you can connect with Maria or her books. Um, the special link for our listeners is in the chat box as well. That little ebook, Eight Rituals for Health and Wellbeing by Maria Lacey. That's Maria's gift for our listeners today. And I urge you to jump on and take advantage of that because 
anyone. And I mean, even people who are practicing meditation, etc., can always learn, learn something new and different because everyone is unique and Maria is wonderfully unique and uh, a beautiful person who I am so privileged to have had on the show today. And just that website once again, marialacy.com.au and her email is info at marialacy.com.au. Maria, it has been an absolute delight to have you on the show today. I have one final question. Can you explain in under 60 seconds what Reiki is? (laughs) Reiki is a natural form of healing. It is universal life force. So if you believe in God or Buddha, it's no religious dogma to it, by the way, but it's literally channeling the highest form of energy that we all have the ability to do and sharing that either with yourself or with somebody else. It's very calming, very relaxing and very nurturing, um, the energy of Reiki. Um, And it's the energy of love. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially moving energy around your body. And as a devotee of Reiki, I can (laughs) tell you that this stuff works and it works in person just as well as it works over Zoom because I've had both and both, uh, I'd like more than once, very powerful modality for healing stuff that you've just tried everything else try some reiki so my wonderful listeners we are at the end of radio tony for another weekly show what a privilege to have been able to talk to maria lacy on the show today please take care out there everyone and know that there is always hope on the other side of darkness and just connect with someone who knows has been through it, someone like Maria. Um, It doesn't actually matter who you connect with, but just know that there are beautiful souls like Maria who will listen to you with love, empathy and compassion and help you get back to that wellness and healing you desire. So, Maria, thank you for being on Radio Tony today. That, my beautiful listeners, is all for this week, and I'll see you next week on Radio Tony. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets, and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience. Memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7 pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.